September 30th, 2020. Are streaming wars a fallacy? 64% of streaming spent in three apps, 83% in five apps. Netflix has consistently stated in their long-term view that streaming entertainment is replacing linear TV, which is consistent with Roku's view that the massive TV ecosystem is moving to modern platforms with streaming at the center of a more dynamic and innovative approach to content distribution. Legacy Media finally agrees, and while Disney is by far the most aggressive to date, all the major media and entertainment companies now appear to believe streaming is their future. Warner Media, NBC Universal, Viacom CBS, Discovery, Stars, etc. Nonetheless, all of these companies, including Disney, waited far too long to pivot and remain conflicted about how fast to cannibalize their highly profitable legacy businesses as they move into streaming. Investors in the press would lead one to believe that there was an intense streaming war underway, with new entrants utilizing their vast libraries of content, lower prices, sometimes even free with ads, and cross-marketing scale leveraging their other portfolio assets to take share from streaming incumbents. Yet streaming share of time spent tells a very different story. Data from Comscore embedded in the two exhibits at the top of this post show that household time spent is heavily weighted towards the top streaming posts. Netflix, YouTube, Prime Video together represented 64% of streaming time spent on connected TV devices in July 2020. Keep in mind, YouTube is number two with 21% share, and that is just usage on connected TVs. It does not account for mobile or desktop time spent on YouTube. Interestingly, Netflix is paid and ad-free. YouTube is free ad-supported, but does not share revenue with tvOS platforms. And Prime Video is effectively free as part of the Amazon Prime shipping bundle, in addition to being ad-free. Rounding out the top five are Disney's Hulu and Disney+, Plus, which bring the streaming market share of the top five apps to a jaw-dropping 83%. And bear in mind that Hulu time spent benefits from its negative gross margin VMVPD subscriber base that is embedded within Hulu's metrics. The long tail after the top five is very thin according to Comscore, with number six HBO in the very low single digits, followed by apps such as Showtime, Pandora, Tubi, Vudu, etc. Remember, most HBO viewing is still occurring on set-top boxes as part of the MVPD subscriptions, especially given its lack of Roku and Fire TV agreements, while Peacock has also been heavily weighted towards set-top boxes, as they only reached an agreement with Roku earlier this month and have yet to reach a deal with Amazon for Fire TV devices. It's also worth noting that while Roku stopped reporting its overall most popular apps earlier this year, Netflix, YouTube, Prime Video, Hulu and Disney Plus were consistently the top five apps, albeit Roku never disclosed the percentage of time spent viewing for each of these apps. So what are the key takeaways from these exhibits? First, the power of YouTube. Everyone seems to forget just how powerful YouTube is in the connected TV ecosystem, with YouTube bigger than Disney Plus and Hulu combined, and over 50% larger than Hulu on its own, the only other ad-supported service in the top five. Worth remembering that not all Hulu subs have advertising, and as previously mentioned, the streaming share of time spent is inflated by the 3.4 million Hulu Live VMV PD subs that are embedded in the overall Hulu figures. It's hard to imagine how any advertiser who wants to be on connected TVs is not thinking about YouTube first and foremost. It also ties to Google's transformation of Chromecast later today from a casting device to a full-service streaming device with a remote akin to a Roku and Fire TV, 
with a dedicated YouTube button on the remote, as well as the transformation of Android TV into Google TV. Number two, streaming is dominated by ad-free content. Advertisers are fighting for a far smaller percentage of overall time spent in a connected TV world than in a linear broadcast cable TV world. In the legacy cable bundle, virtually all channels were ad-supported beyond a small number of premium pay channels such as HBO, Showtime, Stars, etc. Collectively, these ad-free channels likely represented at best 5% of time spent. In contrast, while connected TV advertising is growing rapidly, it's fighting for a far smaller piece of overall time spent. Simply combining Netflix, Prime Video, and Disney+, and a small portion of Hulu to account for its ad-free subscriber base, equates to over 50% of time spent streaming without any opportunity for advertising, with many of the long-tail connected TV apps ad-free as well. Connected TV advertising will continue to grow rapidly thanks to YouTube, Roku, Tubi, Pluto, Peacock, but it's important to frame the long-term potential relative to linear TV. And importantly, as highlighted above, YouTube is the dominant ad-supported streaming platform, not legacy media apps, with that dominance far larger when you include IP-enabled devices beyond connected TVs. Three, new streaming entrants have a tough hill to climb. Disney Plus has had explosive growth, exceeding 30 million subs in the U.S. and over 60 million subscribers globally in its first year of existence. Yet with only 5% of streaming time spent, it shows just how hard it is for a new entrant to build daily engagement. The goal is to create habitual behavior where you and your family members are continuously using the service to mitigate the risk of churn and to increase pricing power. Now think about HBO Max, Peacock, Paramount Plus, etc. Netflix has begun been streaming content for 13 years. So while new streaming services benefit from the consumer adoption of streaming technology today, they have all waited far too long to compete. To truly scale engagement, streaming services such as Disney+, HBO Max, Peacock, Paramount+, and others will need to spend far more than they currently want to on programming, whether it be original or licensed, not to mention marketing and technology. However, the real challenge facing new streaming incumbents is that industry leaders such as Netflix and Prime Video keep scaling globally, enabling them to spend even more on content, marketing, and technology, which simply adds to the headwinds facing new entrants. Netflix has 193 million global subscribers, up 27% year-over-year, paying an average of $10.80 a month. Meanwhile, Peacock is talking about 15 million consumers that simply registered for its largely free service by inputting an email address versus active users or subscribers. HBO Max finished last quarter with only 15% of its sub-base actually activating the service versus simply continuing to use legacy HBO. AT&T reported that just over 4 million of 27 million HBO Max subs activated so far. Disney Plus ARPU was all of $4.62, and Hulu ARPU was down 10% year-over-year. Bottom line, streaming is hard. Netflix appears underpriced as number four. All of this illustrates how much pricing power Netflix has and the challenges facing Disney Plus and all the new entrants into the streaming wars. Netflix is 85% more expensive than Disney, $12.99 versus $6.99. Yet Netflix OTT consumption is five times larger. Even if you adjust for Netflix's two times larger domestic streaming sub-base, isolating the U.S. from Canada, time spent would still be 160% greater than Disney Plus. We continue to expect to see Netflix move pricing higher by early 2021, particularly as its content advantage increases versus its peers. 
The other way to think about this comparison is how hard it will be for new streaming services to increase price, whether it be Disney Plus or HBO Max. And it'll be fascinating to see how Paramount Plus looks to set pricing as it transforms itself from CBS All Access in early 2021. The fact that Netflix is larger than two apps that are free or effectively free illustrates just how important the service has become to consumers, meaning it will not be easy for other streaming services to do the same. We continue to believe legacy media needs to shift its new movies to streaming as feature films are their most iconic content that would not only drive subscriber acquisition, but it would also enable meaningful pricing power. Unfortunately, all signs point to Hollywood studios delaying their films into second half 2021 for theatrical release rather than shifting their business models to SVOD.